Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Tuesday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harrods here with your daily VR investing podcast. Hope everybody had a good day today. Uh, what the market sure did. Uh, wow. First time we've been able to say this in uh, six months. Plus, all four of our major indexes, that'd be SP 500, Dow Jones, NASDAQ, and the Russell 2000 hit and closed at an all time high today. Or hit an all time, I don't know, intraday all time high. It really does the same, right? All time highs today. All four is taken uh, by Russ 2000, uh, as I said earlier, several months. I think March March the 10th, I think, was the highs uh, that uh, Russ 2000 had not been able to surpass until today, breaking out of a really, you know, a, a pattern, a, a sideways a channel, if you will. That has served as resistance now for six months. Been a very, really tradable channel, by the way. And I'm not quite ready to say that this is gonna, this marks a melt-up move in Russ 2000 from here. Uh, and I'll tell you why that's the case in just a minute. Uh, but uh, look, this is obviously nothing but good news here. If been joining us for a long time, you know, we've been, we've been pretty bullish in this market. And uh, we still love it long-term, still love it medium-term. Tyler and I differ a little bit here. I'm a little more cautious short-term than he is. I think we've got, um, well, we've got the Fed meeting tomorrow. And I know Jay Powell is horrible. Jay Powell is, he opens, once, once the Fed meeting ends and he begins his presser, uh, the, uh, the markets collapse. I mean, <laughs> pretty much the way to say it. And it's a repeating pattern of horribleness. Tyler did the work on this early on, one of the first to do it, I think. And this was um, about a year, year and a half into his, um, chairmanship of the Fed, and Tyler found out that over 90%, I think it was 93% of Powell's pressers ended, uh, resulted in the market getting hit hard. Since then, there have been a number of stories about that confirming it. It's still the case. Uh, the markets just don't like when he speaks. Reminds me of George W. Bush's last two years in office. We made a lot of money trading George Bush. Whenever he spoke publicly, uh, we made a lot of money. I was more of a day trader then. Um, Made a lot of money shorting Bush when he started speaking, so much so that the market he stopped he actually stopped doing press conferences. Uh, Bush did uh, because it was just that everybody figured out uh, that he was uh, the kiss of death of the markets. And Jay Powell has been just that. So uh, we're also look we're extremely overbought across the board. I mean we're extremely overbought on steroids, and that's the VRA investing system uh, kind of code language for uh, if you're a technician. We are now extremely overbought on stochastics, money flow, RSI, which is relative strength, and an MACD. And that's the case for NASDAQ, Dow Jones, S&P 500. Only, the only one not extreme overbought on steroids is Russ 2000. So this is just typically, we get this level overbought. This is when discipline, our discipline says we just can't be an aggressive buyer. It doesn't mean we're going short. It doesn't mean the markets have to fall. I mean, we may continue melting up, but this is when the risk begin to rise. And if you've been doing this as long as I have, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. Also, if you're a greed index, this is 78. That's extreme, extreme greed. A month ago, one month ago, it was 27. Extreme fear. I mean, this is uh, kind of a crazy uh, setup, but that's why we were so bullish a month ago, uh, because it's really played out as we thought it would. And, uh, you know, you don't, you don't get a lot of those calls right. Uh, this was one, the one that we did get right. And now we're just, I'm a little more, you know, just to be a little more cautious here because everybody has gotten so bullish. 
And uh, that's just, uh, typically a, a warning sign. And again, the Fed meeting tomorrow, tapering. And uh, before I tell you what the market says, my, my thoughts on tapering, again, if you've been joining us, this is, this is nothing new. There is almost zero chance that the tapering program from the Fed is going to go as they planned. Now, tomorrow, Powell is expected to announce the tapering will begin this month, $15 billion a month coming off the $120 billion a month in QE currently in place, and that it will end with no QE in six months. So, uh, I think it'll, we'll get down to about $80 billion in QE in the taper early next year, and then we'll see the markets begin to get hit, because this is effectively t- Fed tightening. They call it a taper. It's effectively Federal Reserve tightening. And if you understand the markets and how they've reacted to QE or not QE, or to tapering or tightness over the years, if you remember the, 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 the tipper tantrum, ta- the, 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 the taper tantrum uh, that happened in 2014, it was brutal. It was a brutal short-term sell-off. And, uh, of course, they quickly had to reverse course. I think, and again, next year is a midterm election year. <laughs> the, 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 we have the permanent ruling class, which consists of most elected uh, government officials, period. Right or left, doesn't matter. They all belong in the permanent ruling class, especially these rhinos. You know, they they're, they're really could be Democrats, and you really not, not know the difference at the end of the day. But they might you know, show up and speak on Fox versus MSNBC. Otherwise, they're really the same. And uh, you got the Federal Reserve. And the Federal Reserve is permanent ruling class. So they certainly are not going to try to cost the Democrats the election next year. And that's what a stock market sell-off would do. It would certainly hurt the Dems' chances uh, at winning the midterms because they already look so bad. We'll find out a lot more tonight, of course, after the uh, Virginia governor's race. If, y- if Youngkin wins, which I'm very skeptical of, I think, it'll, I think McAuliffe will win. If Youngkin wins, just because once communists take over a state, you know, they do whatever it takes to stay in power. Uh, and if uh, blue states remain blue states and have forever for this reason, uh, Virginia is now a blue state. You remember the runoff we had in California where people thought that Newsom might lose. Well, how'd that turn out, right? It was a slam dunk win for Newsom. Uh, so I think that the McAuliffe wins tonight, unfortunately. But I, if, if, if Youngkin wins, then it, it's, it, 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 it really cements, in my view, that this next year, the midterms are going to be a landslide monstrosity of losses for Democrats. If Youngkin wins tonight, it cements that. And it really also cements, and this, the markets love this part, it will cement the fact that Joe Biden is clearly a lame duck president. Now, how remarkable is that? We're only, what, 10 months, nine months, whatever it is, into his uh, first term, to his first term, to his term, uh, if he even finishes this one. And he's already lamed up. He can't get anything passed. You know, he cannot even, he has no coattails. And so, as they say, so, um, you know, but he's already a lame duck. But after, if, if Youngkin wins tonight, then, then it's, 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 it, every political insider will know that, it's, that that's a slam dunk cemented deal, that, that Biden is a, is a lame duck. The markets love gridlock. The markets love presidents that are lame ducks. This is, this is one of the reasons the market's going higher. Because D.C. can't get anything passed, that's really good news for us as people, as human beings. Uh, when uh, when our, our, our elected officials can't take additional action to screw up our lives. Uh, that's why the markets go up when there's gridlock in D.C. So watching that race tonight, of course. Okay, markets now. 
Again, all-time highs across the board. Dow Jones up 138. First close ever, about 36,000, closing at 36,052. SP 500 up 17 points, all-time high, 4630. NASDAQ up 53, all-time high, 1560.49. And again, Russ 2000 for the first time, all-time high since March, 2361. Just only up three points, but that's all that it took. So a good day across the board here. Internals were um, better, uh, better than they were about an hour and a half before the market closed. They were, they were uh, negative across the board of its decline in volume, and it actually ended up being positive. Uh, uh, NASDAQ was positive across the board. That's a, that, that was a nice, solid reversal there. Uh, both advanced decline, only slightly positive, but positive. Volume came back and was decently positive. Nothing like, you know, two to one, but we'll call it 1.3 to one positive. And the new 52-week highs for both NASDAQ and NYC were uh, combined five to one positive. Good reads there. NYC was negative. Advanced decline, only slightly so, about 300 issues. And volume, also negative. NYC, by about $700 million worth of trading there. Um, again, it, it's not a good day. I mean, you want to see you want to see better internals than this when you're hitting all time highs. Uh, but uh, but again, we uh, we'll, we'll take it. We'll sure take it. Um, in our sector watch today, of our eleven SP 500 sectors, we had uh, nine finish higher, four uh, two finish lower. Materials up one point one percent. Real estate up nine tenths of one percent. Tech up eight tenths of one percent. To downside, energy down one percent. Uh, energy starting to set up again. I'm speaking specifically about. Uh, oil and gas stocks, uh, equities, and uh, oil are starting to uh, shape up pretty well for a, a nice uh, move higher. A, a nice consolidation here in the group after getting extreme overbought. This is what we want to see. And uh, a few more days of this, and we'll be looking to add positions in this group pretty aggressively. We think that the move in, in oil is uh, just getting started. Not, not so much natural gas because we have so much of it, but certainly for oil. If you saw Biden today, I mean, have we ever had a president? It, it's kind of a trick question because we, we actually have. We had, we had Obama for eight years. And all he did was blame other people for his problems. There is no clearer sign of a weak leader than someone that blames others for his problems 24-7. That's what Biden does. He learned it from, from, uh, from Obama, of course. That's why this is Obama's third term. We've been saying it pretty much from the time he was first elected. But he, today... You know, uh, blaming uh, OPEC and blaming Russia, 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 blaming, blaming them both for rising oil and gas prices. You know, again, Biden can't look in the mirror. Communists don't work like that. You know, they, they, they love to destroy shit. And then they have no really no conscience or soul. So when people that are hurt because of their policies, they just don't care. You know, it's about power and control for them. They just don't care about people. This is communism through and through, through history. You'll find that is the case. Uh, they just don't care how many people they kill or hurt. You know, it's about them and, and and having control and power. So I think it's time that more and more Americans, it's really time our leaders, Republican side, conservative side, patriot side, if you will, start having this conversation. Uh, it, it's remarkable that they're, they, they don't. They seem afraid to even go there. It's, this is no longer about socialism. This is about communism, folks. This is the battle that's happening right now in D.C., and our leaders better wake up. I do think we have a, a lot of new leadership coming in uh, next year on the Republican side that's going to sing a different song, uh, a tune. 
than some of these, uh, you know, establishment uh, uh, rhinos that have been in office for way too long. They've got to get them out of there. A lot of fresh blood that's willing to stand up to the left. By the way, these communists on the left, they are the big time minority. I, mean, I think we all know that, right? They're the big minority, but, it, they're, but again, they're empowered by the permanent ruling class who loves nothing more than a communist kind of government where, the, again, the establishment has all the power. We have all these names and labels. Folks, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the elite ruling class want to, wanting to permanently stay in power, and they are the big-time minority, maybe 5%, 10% of the population at most. And the rest of us feel like we're demoralized. This is how communism works, right? We think that uh, you know, everything they do is left is right, right is wrong, or left is right, right is left, up is, up is uh, down, down is up. Everything seems backwards. That's part of the demoralization strategy. And again, I think it's time that our elected officials on the, on the right start having this very honest conversation. Call it what it is so people can connect with, oh, okay, that's what it is. And by the way, this is why the left goes so crazy about let's go, let's go Brandon, right? Uh, fuck Joe Biden. This is why the left goes so crazy about the coded language of let's go Biden, or let's go Brandon, because it, it, it shows how many people in this country agree with it. When you have complete stadiums, right, of people that are saying it, and it's happening all over the country. It, it allows us as regular people to go, I'm not alone, okay? I'm not alone. And that's why having this conversation is so important because you may think you're in the minority, but folks, we have all the power. We own the massive majority. We have to start acting like it and taking our power back. And that's how, very easily, by the way, this is why over, over the decades, over the over millennia, communism and these kind of power um, uh, uh, establishments have been taken down because they are run only by the elite few. Once you tackle the elite few and take them down, the whole thing comes apart like a house of cards. Uh, again, it's a conversation I think our leaders need to have on the right and uh, just a little confusing as to why they don't, probably because we have a lot of very weak elected officials that really are per part of the permanent ruling class themselves. That's why they got elected to, to, uh, to feather their own nest. Uh, what else today? Um, all right, Commodity Watch. Um, oh, I want to talk one thing about, about transports. Transports today, wow. The Dow Jones Transports finished up almost 7%, up 6.8% today. <laughs> I've never seen that before. I, I just worked off member here. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't check to see if it was official, but I also had a 14% swing today, right? 14%. So at one point today, the transports were down 7%, finished up 7%. That's crazy. Um, and I, 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 all-time high uh, right there. Nope, no, I'm sorry. That is not an all-time high. Uh, but again, marching back towards that direction anyway, just incredible that these kind of moves that are taking place that never happened before. Uh, again, it, it signals that we this is a melt-up market. Uh, and the other thing is Bitcoin. I'll go ahead and cover Bitcoin now. You know, we don't officially have a position in Bitcoin now. Uh, uh, we, I, I can tell you we like, we like Ethereum. Uh, we don't have an official Bitcoin position, but you should know that for both the transports and for Bitcoin, this is the best month of the year. And, of course, for the broad market, it is as well. But what's stunning about Bitcoin, and this is thanks to Rich Ross at Evercore for, for just the great research they do. This came from him. Uh, he's our chief market technician over there. They, they do No one does better work on Wall Street than Evercore. So anytime you get a chance and you, you hear Ed Hyman or Rich Ross talking or see their work, pay attention to it because they're very, very good. Uh, anyway, uh, Ross put out today the fact that Bitcoin, check this out, 
November is also, it turns out, the best month for Bitcoin with, <laughs> with an average gain of 68% over a decade. What? How is that even possible, right? So apparently this is the month on Bitcoin. I just learned that today. Uh, I'm sure a, a lot of folks knew it before me, but wow. Uh, commodity watch today. Gold today. Down $7 an ounce, $17.88. Silver, $23.56, down 50 uh, cents an ounce. And I got to say for this group, by all metrics, the miners are trading at the cheapest level they've ever traded to not only uh, the, the, the broader market, but to gold itself, to all of these other metrics that you compare it to, the miners are just dirt cheap. But let's forget about whether gold should be $3,000 an ounce. That's what, that's what Goldman just said, by the way, is going to happen in short order. That was last week. Uh, and let's forget about gold or silver even moving higher. These, this, these stocks are just so cheap that fundamentally they should be bought. And that's really the position we're taking here uh, in, in the miners. So as depressing this group has been, gold continues below the 200-day moving average, as does silver. Uh, it is depressing to watch it. But this group is manipulated. We have, look, we've done this for a long time. And there's the other side of the story, and I won't belabor this point too much, but traders b believe that this is just the playbook. This is the playbook at the end of quantitative easing, like it was after the financial crisis. That's what they're going after. Uh, because, it, look, that was a terrible, it was a terrible several years to own uh, gold in the miners after QE ended. But our view, and I, I never, I never want to say the market's wrong, because the market's never wrong. It's always the investor that's wrong. Our view, my view anyway, is that QE's not going to end. We have financial engineering that's here to stay. We have quantitative easing that's here to stay. Our, 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 our financial masters of the universe are in power. They're not giving up that power. And if they ever stop QE, watch what happens with rates. Right? With this level of debt, you know, they, we just can't have rates that, 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 that get to the level they were before. So QE must remain. In other words, central banks globally must continue to monetize the debt. And that's why this time is different for gold and the miners and silver as well. Silver, of course, industrial metal as well. What a great buy. Here it is. Uh, copper today, flat, 437 an ounce, uh, excuse me, a pound. Uh, oil today, down 44 cents a barrel, 83.27. Bitcoin, up uh, $2,400 an ounce at 63.103. Folks, as always, appreciate you joining us. Come and join us full-time at VRAinsider.com. Again, VRAinsider.com. We'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.